Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. So we're talking about hope this morning. Um, So here we are, our first Sunday of Advent. And I love the Christmas season. I hate the shopping. I hate the consumerism. But I love it when you go into a store, if I have to go into a store, and there's Christmas music playing. And it's like blasting the gospel. And I'm like, have they not figured this out yet? Like, seriously, you're saying Jesus songs, and I just love it. Have you guys noticed that? And um, so I love that part about this season. Um, And being um, this first Sunday of Advent is focused on hope. It reminds us that everything we do at this time of year begins with that simple promise of our coming Redeemer. And it's a promise that God's people didn't know the final outcome. In fact, they thought it would be something quite different than a baby, um, but they still had they still had hope. They had prophetic words and some details, and they kept hoping, and they were waiting. And actually, some are still waiting. Um, the Jewish people, not everyone has recognized Jesus as their Messiah. And so right now, I pray for my Jewish friends, and I pray that there will be a great awakening across this world for them to recognize Jesus as their Messiah, Jesus as their Savior. Wouldn't that be awesome? Um, So as we journey through Advent and we're preparing ourselves for the Christmas season, we're reminded that hope, peace, joy, and love that Christ brought through his birth and death and resurrection. And hope, it's actually defined um, just as a feeling. It's uh, a state of mind. It's Um, it's just an optimistic state of mind. It's just a feeling. It's not very tangible at all. But hope as a believer is more than a feeling. When we step into faith and we trust in his promises, um, it's, it's like something happens in our soul. It's more than just like a feeling in our head or the way we think. It's actually a hope that is deep down in our soul. So, and I know that it's, that that's easy for me to say, and it's hard to do. It's hard to walk out. I understand. I'm going to share a story with you a little later on, but this is my heart for this morning. This is what I hope for each and every one of you that needs to renew your hope, I guess, this morning, that if you have struggled with trusting God and his promises, maybe you've actually missed, like the Jewish, some of the Jewish people, the fulfillment of a promise that God has given you, or maybe it wasn't what you expected. I pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you and remind you of the promises that he is going to fulfill for you. And that he will deliver confirmation for you this morning of those promises to be fulfilled. And that I, that hope will be increased and renewed today. That's my heart from this, this morning. Um, so we're going to take a look. This didn't, this talk did not start out this way. I was actually looking through the scriptures to see 
how can I transition into a message on hope? I was going to use different scriptures from um, the Advent reading that the boys did this morning. And in doing that, I discovered some really interesting things. And so we're going to go back and take a look at those scriptures, and we're going to kind of dig into what Mary's response was, and that she can be a model for us of how we respond. Um, so in Luke 1, verses 26 through 34, this is what the word says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Great news, huh? And then Mary says... But how can this happen? So she questions this. And then she gives an excuse. I am a virgin. So let's take a look at that. First of all, she's confused. So she's unable to think clearly. Kind of her thoughts are disordered, which maybe you might be like that if an angel came and stood in front of you. But and he says, don't fear. So clearly she was um, demonstrating some sort of fear, and she was disturbed by this. Um, she was distressed. She was upset. She was worried. All, all her plans are changed in an instant. I don't know if any of you have experienced that. I have with other things in my life, but bang, in an instant, everything changes. It's not what she thought it would be. So she asks how, and she gives an excuse. But the, but the father, through Gabriel, engages her in conversation, and he gives her an answer, and he gives her further confirmation and direction. So in Luke 1, verses 35 through 38, we read that the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby, will be the baby to be born will be holy. So he's explaining how this is all going to work. And he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Or in other translations, it says, with God, nothing is impossible. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. So here we see God giving Mary additional information to confirm the plan. Like she didn't even ask more questions, but he gave her more information. Um, and he's telling her also, though, he's not giving her the whole plan, that you're going to have to trust me. Do you trust me? And so Mary, this is her response. And in this, we see her servant attitude. She has, we can see she has a close relationship with God, and she is serving the Lord. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. So it demonstrates that, her servant heart. And then we see her faith in agreement, saying, okay, I'm in. So Mary models for us a faith that trusts 
despite having all the answers. How many times, do we want all the answers a lot of times before we move forward with something? I think, uh, yeah, that's how a lot of us respond. And we want all those answers. We want everything all laid out for us to maybe make that move, make that decision. But she made a decision to trust, even though she didn't have all the answers of how that was all going to lay out. And so she decided she could trust and she could move forward. Um, or she could reject that promise and plan, but she decided to have faith. And at that moment, she just, she had no evidence. Like, like the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Like, it's not like all of a sudden she looked like she was six months pregnant. There's no evidence. She had no physical evidence other than an angel standing in front of her, which would help me believe. But um, I think this was important enough of a message to send an angel and not just have God speak to you through an urging or something like that. So she has no evidence, but she decides, okay, I'm in. But I want to say, I, I'm not sure that she was all in. I think maybe she was about 99%, and this is why. She looks to, to confirm what the angel said. So he told her that Elizabeth was pregnant, six months pregnant, right? And um, so what, she, what Mary did is she rushed to confirm the information that the angel had shared with her about her relative Elizabeth. So in verse 39, um, and we'll read this in a second, a few days later, Mary hurries to Elizabeth's house to tell Elizabeth about her encounter. And I suppose that she was going there to see if Elizabeth was actually pregnant because she would be in her six months, so she'd be showing a little bit. And in those days, they didn't they couldn't communicate as quickly as we can now. So it's very likely that they had, that she truly had no idea that Elizabeth was pregnant. And this is her confirmation. So this is what the word says. It says, a few days later, um, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So in that moment, Elizabeth receives a, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge and shares that with Mary because Nobody had shared that information with her. That was the Holy Spirit coming on her. And then she continues to confirm to Mary, con like this continual confirmation and encouragement. So Mary receives this, and then I think she was all in. Um, through this visible evidence of Elizabeth's pregnancy and this move of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I just love it how our faithful God delivered you know, he, he gave confirmation and he added um, encouragement to her. And that's what he does. Then she, her response right then and there is a song. She 
makes up this song. And so you can see the song in the word. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it comes from Luke 1, verses 46 through 47. And it says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And then she goes on to, in her song, to remind us of the historic promises and the prophecies that they've had. So clearly, she had, um, she had relationship with God, and she knew the history of her people. And so... I just love it that she just makes up a song. And this reflects her excitement, I think, about her assignment, pretty big one, and trust. Um, and it, um, this, this, is, this is like her first, her first month of pregnancy. So it's the, the trust that is, um, that is there for her to sing this song and praise God for what he was doing despite having any physical evidence. So there is, um, there are three things that we witness Mary doing. One is we witness her trusting and just having this faith, this agreement, this commitment that I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe this, I'm going with it. She asks for confirmation. So I want to encourage you, look for confirmation of the things on the things that God has promised you. Um, receive that confirmation when you get it. And then praise. So in faith, praise God before you see evidence of your fulfilled promise. So I want to I say this here, though, that this is not a recipe to get your promises fulfilled. Do this, this, and this, and things, things will go great. But it's a model of how a child of God responds to not only the promises that he's given for mankind, but for the personal promises that he has given you for your life and your situation and your hopes and your dreams. Um, and I know, uh, I know that um, it's going to take some trust because you can't always see something tangible. It's going to require you maybe to remember some confirmations that he has given you. And it's going to require you to praise God for the answers to come, even though you don't see those yet. And I understand, I truly understand this is tough. Um, and I want to share with you that I am in the middle of unfulfilled promises. And I have journeyed through all the ups and downs and the messiness um, and losing hope and getting it back again. And I just want to share with you that my youngest daughter, she's 32 now, um, we've had years and years and years of struggles with her, um, with some mental health, um, finding help, finding advocates, um, di proper diagnosis, and we still struggle with that. Uh, when she was 15, I even took her to Nashville to the Mercy Ministry home there that um, was the only home that would take um, girls under, uh, under 17. And so we went and we visited the home there and she decided not to go. And um, a little while later, and it was in um, about 2007 when she was about a year older because trying everything and nothing's working and she's struggling and she was 16 and I gave up. And I literally wrote in my journal, I have no hope, I give up. I, I wrote that in there. And then, then I go to God. I just went, glanced over at my Bible, 
and it was open to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And all of a sudden, that verse just popped out at me. And it says, this is what, this, what the word says. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. I was crying. I had written, I have no hope. I've given up. I am literally crying. And I look at this verse. And then it goes on. It says, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I went from crying to laughing. Like, I laughed. And God gave, just gave me this joy. Nothing changed in that moment. And that was um, in 2007. And I'm still waiting to see the answer, the fulfillment of God's promises for her in her life. Um, but in that moment, I trusted again. He knew what I needed. I didn't even ask him for that confirmation, but I put my hope in him. Um, and I do want to remind you that, yes, he does care about all the details of your life. It says that in Psalm 37, that he actually not just cares, he delights in all the details of your life. And so since then, I've had many confirmations of God's promise regarding Emily. Um, I had put this in a drawer. It's now out again. But I have this, um, this little reminder with different scriptures that I have written that God has given me for her that I pray. And I put her name in that. And so um, I had to remember I had to go back and remember the confirmations and the words that God had given me regarding her. And I want to encourage you to do that this morning for your life. Um, in 2017, I'll read one of those um, confirmations. Um, it's my favorite one. And it's Isaiah 44, verses 3 to 5. And it says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your children. So that's God speaking to me and my children's children, and I'm just taking it farther and farther and farther. It says, they will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly claim. So I, instead of some, I just say, Emily will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I'm a descendant of Jacob. And Emily will write the Lord's name on her hands. And she's kind of a tattoo girl. So um, some of them are for um, like cutting and um, just, I've been in the hospital like over a dozen times with her with suicide attempts and things like that. And so I, I can see her marking her body with, I belong to the Lord. And so I, I totally believe that. I need reminders sometimes. And then I choose to praise him. So this has been a long time. This has been a long journey. But I choose to praise God despite seeing answers to those promises. Um, I haven't seen those fulfilled yet. And I love this psalm in verse, um, this, the message in verse uh, Psalms 89, 15 through 17. And it says, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Church, I pray that you will hear that joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence. And what, I mean, the presence, the tangible presence of God in your life, knowing his presence, feeling his presence, that encourages you, encourages you to keep going, doesn't it? 
Um, and so I want to encourage you to hear that joyful call to worship. And it says, they rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exult in your righteousness for you. Um, you are their glorious strength, and it pleases you to make us strong. And I believe that the strength that I have to persevere despite not seeing an answer um, it, the way I want to see it um, is that God's given me strength through, through worship. So I worship despite answers. I choose to worship despite lack of evidence. And I think that that has been key for me staying in his presence and for being strong. And Mary, too, she worshipped despite not having all the answers. She worshipped not knowing how this was all going to play out. Um, and sometimes I need confirmation about his, of his presence. I need con extra confirmation of his plan. I got a confirmation this morning. Someone came, came up and shared testimony of their daughter having gone through kind of some similar things and how she's doing well now. And so that's encouraging for me. That's confirmation that God's on this, that he's got a plan, even though I can't see that right now. He is faithful always. Um, and then we're reminded that Mary too looked for confirmation. So hope might just be a feeling or a state of mind according to the world, but hope is so much more. And we hope in our Savior, isn't it? It's like, it's, again, it's this, it's in our spirit. So, church, if you need to hope again, this is what I pray for you. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And I pray that you will also experience the overflowing of confident hope. That's ridiculous. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And really, it's, I guess it's not what we hope for, but it's who we hope in that makes this difference. So um, let's pray. And then um, I'm going to give you some direction for some ministry time. So, um, Father, we, right now, we receive your hope that completely fills us with joy and peace, and we trust you. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit who fills us with your power and increases that hope to one of confidence. And we ask this morning for confirmation and direction concerning all the things and all the people that we hope for. So we trust you, we praise you, you are faithful, and we love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. You could have stepped into creation with fire Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family, and that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca, or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go.
You could have marched in all your glory into the heart of Rome. It showed them splendor like they never known. But you wrote a better story in humble Bethlehem, creator in the arms of coming men. You will die for our redemption. Sing. This is our key. From 